Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. This is the Music Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Music Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Baker. And on this episode, we're going to be helping you out with two topics. One is just trying to decide what to focus on with all the overwhelm, so many things we could be doing, so many creative ideas we want to pursue. So you're going to get some advice on that. And also, how do you market and brand instrumental music? We're going to cover that as well. Before we get to that, and in case you didn't know, I am the author of the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook, uh, as well as many other books, 16 in total, as a matter of fact. But that Gorilla Music Marketing title is the one that put me on the map. It's considered a classic in its field by many people. And if you don't have your own copy, just wanted to make you aware that it is available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries around the world. You can get the full paperback version on Amazon, but what I did with the ebook and audio versions is I broke it down into sections. So if you prefer reading it as an ebook, it is available on separate titles, volumes one through five, under the Guerrilla Music Marketing banner. And if you like audiobooks, which I'm a big fan of, volumes one through three are available on Amazon and Audible and iBooks as well, I believe. I know, I didn't make things easy when I did that, but just go to Amazon and search for Guerrilla Music Marketing. You will quickly find them. Other titles I have available that you might want to check out include The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing and The Five Minute Music Marketer. Okay, so what you're about to hear was taken from a recent clubhouse room that I do with Billy Gryzak and Jesse Curtis called Musicians Motivation Monday. It takes place every, well, Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, I know that's a little early for some of you, especially on the West Coast of the U.S. But it's a great way to kickstart your week. And this happens only on the Clubhouse app. 
So if you're on it, search for it. If you're not, download the app and start an account. It's a pretty cool platform. And again, the other moderators are Billy Grizak, uh, who I used to do a podcast called Music Marketing Monday with. We like this Monday theme, apparently, but this was called Musicians Motivation Monday. And Billy is a longtime, full-time musician. He's a, a DIY dynamo, always has great advice, and he pretty much started and founded this room and invited us to join him. The other moderator is Jesse Curtis who's in the early stages of building a business called the Indie Artist Advocate. He loves music and he loves helping independent artists build their careers, always has a lot of wisdom. So in this segment, a musician named Timothy was sharing something that's common to a lot of musicians, and that's just the overwhelm of what to do, what projects to pursue, how do you prioritize things, and this is the advice that we gave him. Sure. So, Timothy, you're not alone. Uh, a lot of people in creative fields have many diverse interests and passions. I, I was afflicted with this for many years. When there was a my 20s and 30s, I was playing in bands. I was doing theater. I was doing stand-up comedy. I was doing improv comedy, some visual art. I was aspiring to publish books, publishing a music magazine. And so... I was having a blast, creatively very fulfilled, um, but I, um, from a financial standpoint, I was always just kind of eking out a living, just getting by. Cause, and so when I wanted to be more financially stable, and we all have different priorities, you know, I said I need to pick something uh, that I can focus on that will gain some momentum. And I chose uh, the books and writing uh, and using the internet to spread my message, and it took a little time, but... At, that worked out for me. So my advice to you is um, is to maybe uh, a, like make a list of all the things you're interested in doing, and then determine like different categories of criteria. Like for each column, rate it from one to ten. Like one might be your level of passion. How excited are you about this thing? Rate that from one to ten. Uh, what's the money making potential of it? Uh, rate that. Uh, maybe the ease of doing it. Like some some things that you're already doing be a lot easier than something you've never done before. So figure out like what your various criteria are and go through each one, rate them and then see which one comes up with the highest score. And then maybe pick one or two of those to focus on. And I know it's tough when your interests are all over the place, but see if you see what you can do about determining what's the ideal thing for you. And that's been really helpful for me is when I categorize them and rate them on these different things. So hopefully, Timothy, that'll, that will help you too. And Jesse? I think, uh, Three simple steps here is what you need. And those steps are decide, plan, and act. First part is decide. So you have a lot of interests and I get the ADHD thing. Like I get the shiny object syndrome. I go all over the place and it's hard to rein yourself in. But what you need to do, I think is, okay, write a list of everything you're interested in. And then once you have that, you then take that list and break it down into what are the things I'm passionate about. And then once you have that, you go, okay, what am I really passionate about? And if you still have multiple things you go, what am I really, really passionate about? And you eventually get down to one, maybe two things that that's it. Like that's the stuff that really is calling out to you right now. And you don't have to like be beholden to this one or two things forever. You know, you can change your mind. I've changed my mind a million times in my life. Like right now is like um, the last several years I've been a pipeline surveyor 
And now I don't want to be a pipeline surveyor anymore. I want to motivate people in the music business. And, you know, really, I'm not even a music artist. Like, um, the only thing I'm rocking is a karaoke mic. Okay. That's it. <laughs> like, but I have a passion for helping people in the music business because I love music and I want to see independent artists shine. I want to see them make the money that they deserve to make because that's the expertise I can offer is to know what the music business is about and help you navigate that. So that's where I'm transitioning to. And I've done a million different other things. I started in retail. I've worked in construction. I've worked in a freaking dentist office. Like I've, I've done a bunch of different things, but it really comes down to, okay, what am I passionate about right now? What is the thing that is really moving the needle for me right now? And that could be 10 different things. And then you just kind of whittle it down until you, you know what it is that's really speaking to you in the moment. And if six months, a year from now, that thing isn't speaking to you anymore, then make a pivot, right? It's as simple as that. But right now, I think it just comes down to make a decision, make a plan and act on it. And be messy. Okay. Be messy. Like I know you're you're just talking about like you're just kind of buying gear here and there and just kind of fumbling around and and that's fine. You can be rudimentary if that's where you're at. Just be messy, have fun with it, just learn everything you can. Because if you're really passionate about something, you're gonna dive deep, you're gonna learn what you need to know, and you're going to apply it and you're gonna get better. In this next segment, a musician named Steve from the Chicago area wanted to know how to brand and market instrumental music. It doesn't have lyrics. It doesn't have a theme necessarily. So what are the unique ways that you can promote and set your instrumental music apart from everything else? Here's what we had to say. Great question. How do you have a message or a story when it's instrumental music? Well, are you familiar with Lance Allen? He does instrumental guitar stuff, and he's like killing it on Spotify with streaming. You know, everybody talks about nobody's making money from uh, streaming income, but Lance is doing a fabulous job with um, ungodly amounts of listeners on Spotify and the other streaming platforms. And so, um, one way is you could have themed albums. Like sometimes he'll do like I don't know what the style is, finger picking or maybe it's classical style. But he'll do like pop songs instrumentally on the guitar and so there's some familiarity with it that's one thing you can do you could you could pick a genre per ep or that might just be doing something stylistically that's unusual for that genre um maybe the titles are something that stands out and will these these titles that people are searching for come up with a theme that ties the like at least an album together, if not your whole career. Those are some thoughts that come to mind. So Jesse or, or, or Billy, do you have any uh, advice for Steve? How do you thematically have a message yeah. or a story? For I'll do that real quick. One way you can convey the message is by your persona and how you interact with your fans and the message that you create because ideally you're going to have a tribe or a following or a fan club, whatever you want. And these people will be attracted to you, not, maybe not necessarily for your music, but also for who you are, what you stand for, and what you want to do. So you might not be able to play it in your notes to say it, but I think by you know how you dress, how you act, who you associate with, you, you take all that together to uh, find your tribe, and you can spread the message that way. That's, that's my initial thought on that, uh, Jesse. 
Yeah, what Billy's speaking to there is your aesthetic as an artist. And um, when you can't communicate something verbally in the music, you communicate it sonically. You communicate that with the emotion of the music. Because um, people, their minds are very imaginative. You know, give people credit. You know, they can kind of picture something when they listen to your music. So what emotion do you want to put in the music? Because music can... It, it has this uncanny ability to convey emotion. So what emotion do you want somebody to feel when they hear your song? That's one way you can communicate through music. The other way, since you can't do it verbally in the music, is the song title, the album title, how you describe the music in your marketing, how you communicate who you are through your aesthetic. There are different ways to communicate. So just um, don't feel like you know you have nothing to say or you can't say anything through your music because there's no lyrics in the song that's absolutely a fallacy if you ask me there is definitely emotion you can convey like why did people like classical music for hundreds of years there were no words in that there was you know mozart wasn't a singer but he conveyed emotion through his music so there is definitely a way for you to do that uh one example that comes to mind for me is um, there's this instrumental guitarist. I can't remember their name, but they did a whole album based off the legend of Zelda and just took that vibe and ran with it and made their own original music from it. And just, you know, kind of, you know, use that as a launch pad to get some people interested. I've even heard people like playing violins or cellos doing slipknot music. So yeah, like Bob was saying, covers are an option. You can cover all kinds of different things. So really there's a whole lot of options available to you for conveying a message through your music in spite of not having lyrics. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, got some value out of it. We'll be back again real soon with some more segments from recent Clubhouse Rooms. Again, you could join us every Monday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Figure out what that is in your time zone exclusively on the Clubhouse app. Hope to see you again real soon. 